We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. This morning I woke up five, began to pray over it and praise God. I believe I have a word of clarity what God wants and it is an encouragement for you. And really it goes in line with what Pastor's been preaching. Last week he talked about, out of the book of Corinthians, about the inward man. And the scripture says our inward man is renewed day by day. Our outward man, though it perishes, our inward man is what renewed day by day. So that is what we want, is we want to draw from the things of heaven and, and let him renew our inward man. So one of the things of the, the entitlement, if you're a who writes down notes, it's the great exchange. The great exchange is crowning achievement. His crowning achievement. Well, what is the crowning achievement of Christ? Turn to your neighbor and say, you. 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 The Bible says that he looked past the suffering, past the things he was going to endure going to see his soul. Glory to God. <laughs> One more time. I'm going to try them all, church. That's a electrifying message, isn't it? So on a county fair, let's Let's put this in context and give some thought because I really want to take and I want to encourage you this morning. My wife said, honey, you've spent four years in theological study. Uh, uh, get, make sure that it's something that didn't take you four years to get there. <laughs> so I want to encourage you, not confusion. And if you get something good, say thank you, Mary Ann. And if you don't get something good, say bless him or pray more for Brother Hall. But I believe I have a word to encourage you. Think of a county fair. What happens with county fairs? Well, what we see is on county fairs, you know, we go there and there's, there's uh, pies and things. There's cooking things that have gone on. There are animals that have been worked on that do we have the blue ribbons. And I don't know about you. You might go through the food line. But Mary Ann and I, when we go to the Cape County Fair, we kind of like to go through and we look at the different animals. We go over and look at the different, all the assortments that are there. And then we go over and we like to look at the different jams and things. And what do we see that are there? We always see what the blue ribbon prizes and those that are participating. And so what is it? Well, somebody is recognized for what has gone on. But there's a lot of work that goes on for that crowning achievement. And this morning, when you look and we see the, the diversity of people, praise God for diversity, and praise God for our differences that are, that are here in both in our ethnicity and even in our thought press processes, but we're united all together in what? In Christ. There is no differences in Christ. So we're all one. Jesus took those different walls brought them down and united. But the thing that it is about each one of us, if you are a believer, is that we are His crowning achievement. There was a lot of work that went on before us. 
and we're just recipients of all his work. Amen? We're recipient of what he has done for us. And so this morning I want to take and, and go into some areas there that, uh, that I, Marianne and I and my, our family have just been kind of, uh, well, we use the word sucking on because we, it's like a fine piece of chocolate. Now, my wife is Scandinavian, if you don't know that, and I don't know if you've ever had any, but if you ever have a good piece of Swedish chocolate, where's, where's Miss Paula? Yeah, I want to get a witness. <laughs> See, those who uh, used to come to our cell group liked it when they came to our cell group because the chocolate was there. <laughs> and then Miss Paula missed it when we were pastoring in Morrison because, I'm sorry, our first Sunday fellowship potluck meals, they got the chocolate. <laughs> in fact, I used to have altar calls one time. Now, it's a small church, and I'm not doing it this morning. But one morning, I talked about the Word of God, and the Word of God is to be savored and enjoyed and sucked on, if you will. You don't just swallow like a cheap piece of chocolate. We're talking fine chocolate. And one morning, I had Ghirardelli's and Lent and uh, all kinds of fine chocolate on the altar. See, preachers will get you in the altar one way or another. <laughs> And so what I did was I talked about the importance and just savor. Marianne and I have been savoring the word out of Romans chapter 5. So if you will, please turn to Romans chapter 5. And there's an area here in Scripture, a couple areas I just want to briefly touch on. I'm not going to delve into all the theological uh, complexity of, of some of the areas that are here, but I want to highlight some things that are there in the Scriptures, both in Romans chapter 5 and Hebrews chapter 2 that we need to see. And we're going to emphasize what He did. What Jesus did. So Romans chapter 5, if you will, when you look through, if you're a note taker, write down Romans 5, 12 through 21. And when you look at this text of Scripture, what you will find, different scholars would say, that that's the capstone, that's the end of what the Apostle has been speaking about and writing about uh, up to that point in his letters. Others would say it's introductory piece to the next area of, of living by the Spirit and sanctification which begins in Romans 6. And I'm going to say yes to both. Because it is both the capstone of us coming into justification and righteousness and it is also an introduction for our life in the Spirit. But what we see here, oh, thank you. One that I really want to hit, uh, highlight, if you want to put that down, is Romans 5, 17 through 19. But we see here in this area, connected with what Pastor has been preaching on, is we know that sin entered through into the world by, by in, in Adam. And the sin and what he did. In this text of Scripture, there's a typology. The characterization of it is, is there's a connection between G, uh, Adam and what he did and what Jesus did. Not that they're the same, but we're going to see that grace is much greater than the sin. Can I get a witness? See, there was a universal impact on our lives 
because of what ha happened in Adam. The Bible says in Adam all men die, but Paul also said in Christ all men are made alive. We're reconciled unto the Father by the blood and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's an area of reception that we're going to see that we have to take. So if you want to focus, if you will, let's start in verse 15. It says, but the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one Jesus Christ overflow to the many. See, the grace of God and the gift that came by what Jesus did is an overflowing grace. I like what one preacher said. He said, I can't go under for going over. I may be down, but I'm still winning because I'm in Him. See, His grace is an overflowing grace. Grace. It is an all-sufficient grace. It is an all-surpassing grace. So what was accomplished through sin in our lives that has affected us, His grace far surpasses. Scripture goes on in this text and says, Where sin abounds, grace does what? Much more abound. What He did far surpasses. Again, the gift is not like the result of one man's sin. So you see the comparison that the apostles say. The gift is not like the trespass. Again, the gift is not like the result. The judgment followed one man's sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. So what condemnation entered What's condemnation? Well, condemnation is that uh, consciousness of where I've missed it. I don't measure up. It's that fear of God. It's that area that causes us to draw back from God. And, it's, and Scripture says, but the gift followed what? Many trespasses. And brought what? Justification. Now, justification is the word, the Greek word that of justification means it is a court uh, it, it, it's a legal process. God legally and rightfully so because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ acquitted us, declared us not guilty. We are justified, made right in His sight. And the Scripture says we have peace with God. His grace far surpasses where we're at in our state in that. Amen? That's good news. For if, by the trespass of the one, verse 17, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who, now get this, receive God's abundant provision of grace. Receive God's abundant provision of grace. How many of you sense the presence of the Lord when we were singing about the blood? What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? The precious presence of God was here. But what do we have to do? Receive it. We receive it. And you and I are reconciled. It is a finished work in Christ. God's not holding uh, that our sins against us. Why? Because He laid the punishment for those on Christ. He laid those on Jesus. Jesus paid it all. 
He paid the price that we owe. That's why in Him we're declared justified. It is a legal terminology. But what, what do we have to do, church? We have to, we have to receive. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Lord Jesus Christ? Well, what is that area of reign? That is speaking of a, a priesthood. It's speaking of a position that we have in Christ. Peter put it this way, that you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a peculiar people, who have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. Amen. Yeah. How many of you had a mama said, "I did. I chose that." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't choose my mama. I didn't choose my daddy. Now that's God's plan and design. But I heard it growing up. Growing up. Usually on October 4th, my birthday, when that phone rang in the morning, how you doing, baby? I'm doing good, Mama. Happy birthday. I love you, and I want to let you know I chose you because I wanted you. That's my mama. Praise God for praying mamas and loving mamas. And if you don't have one, didn't have that in your history, can I just tell you have a father that loves you even greater? And he chose us. Let's take a little quick side journey. John chapter 15. Somebody needs to hear this. John chapter 15. I want you to look in the scripture. And it's full about his choices. We know the old the scripture that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 15, verses 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. What did we sing about? We're called the friends of God. I call you friends for everything I've learned from my Father I have made known to you. Jesus is speaking to His disciples. Verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. Who chose us? Jesus. Who chose us? Love. He chose us. And it's by His abundant grace his abundant provision of grace and His gift of righteousness that He lifts us from darkness into light. He lifts us from a position to where now we can be in a position of authority as His disciples, speaking His Word, bringing His Word into, into, into our situations. Aren't you thankful for that? Praise God for that. So we reign in life, church, through Jesus Christ because of His abundant grace because of his gift of righteousness. So let's go back to the book of, of uh, now let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. So we see there in, in, in Romans 5, it's because of what he did. Hebrews chapter 2 is going to speak from, from another perspective. We're going to reign in life through Jesus Christ because he is our high priest. 
destroyed the works of the devil and invites us freely to the throne of grace. You jot down in your notes, I'm not going to read it all, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 through 18. I encourage you to read this. But verse 9, let's pay attention, let's give our attention to verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor, because He suffered death, so that by the grace of God He might taste death for who? Everyone. He tasted death for everyone. He was obedient in, his, uh, in what He did. And He tasted death for everyone. Let's look at verses 14 through 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, He too shared in their humanity, so that by His death He might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free all their lives who were held in slavery by their fear of death. Fear of death holds men in slavery. But Jesus destroyed it. He broke that power over our lives. Now, there is appointed unto man, every man, uh, a death, and that is giving up of this body. You need to understand the perspective of the Bible. What did Jesus break? He broke spiritual death off of our lives. In Adam, all men died. We were spiritually dead, separated from God. But in, all, in, in, in Christ, all men are made alive. We pass from death to life. We pass from darkness to light. And so in that, what we receive from Him, He broke the fear of that. First John says fear has to do with judgment. But the Scripture says that perfected love drives out fear. Well, God is love. And as I receive what Jesus did for me, what should that do, church? First of all, when we become a new creation in Christ, know that I've received what He has for me. I'm chosen by Him. I pass from, pass from darkness to light that I'm a now a child of God. It should break the fear, and it does, off of our lives. Because we're not under condemnation. Now I'm free in Him. Glory to God. I've been washed in the blood. And I am a new creation in Christ. And it's not by works of righteousness which I have done, but it's according to His mercy that He has saved us and created us new and brought us into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. We're a new person. And that should produce confidence in us. And let's go on. It speaks about here. He says that we now know that He is our faithful high priest. Scripture says in verse 18, He Himself suffered when He was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. There is grace and there's confidence and there's mercy because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and because of what He did for us. Can I get a witness? Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. We're going to see there that the Scripture says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with what? Confidence. Confidence is a work of righteousness. 
Confidence is a work of the blood. Confidence is a work of His grace, His abundant provision of grace, and the change that is in our lives. When we were washed, when we were cleansed, made a new person, confidence comes with it. And we're to approach the throne of grace in a bold, confident manner. Not in what I have done, but in what He has done. Can I get a witness? The scripture goes on. Let us approach with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. It changes us. It changes our atmosphere. And if you will, it just, it's nice. How many of you like coming in after you've been working out all nice, hot and sweaty and dirty to just jump in the shower? Praise God. I come into my, I got home from work the other day. I've been out and, you know, it was about an 11 hour day and it was one of those triple digits. And so I work outside a lot. And so when I came home, told my wife, I said, coming home, just be aware it might be a salty kiss. <laughs> but I'll hold the hugs till later. Why? Because I stunk. <laughs> I've been out working. You know, so there's no confidence in that relationship we know when we know that we're unclean. But there's cleansing that comes by repentance and by the way of the blood. Marianne and I have a little dachshund. She's a dachshund blue healer mix, and she is a pistol. And one of the things that she likes, and, and you know, pretty pretty good dog. We 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 put her out in the garage, and uh, when so that's where her bed is. And so she's a Bible school graduate because we had love. We had Kale. Um, we had the Oasis station on, so for her first year, she listened to the Bible school, radio Bible school of the day, in the morning and night. And that's why she's so sweet. But what we what we like about her, amongst the mul multiple things, is after about a week, she'll start grunting at Marianne or I, and just kind of, she doesn't like it because she begins to, she had to have her back. And her demeanor changes, doesn't it, honey? We know that, okay, Sonia's ready for her bath. And so what happens, it's fun, it's just it's a good example. So after Marianne takes and she puts her in, go give her a bath, we wash her bedding and do all these things. We come out and that thing running, head held high. She rolls around, runs outside. All fancy mama used to call her Miss Feisty Bitches. Why? Because she felt clean. She felt confident. She's the way she wanted to be. And after about 30 minutes of that running around, then what does she do? She's over on that clean bed and she is out. What's that a picture of? Us being washed clean. We need to be feisty. Feisty in what he did for us confident in what he did for us, rejoicing in what he did for us, and resting in what he did for us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for that? So there's confidence that comes in his far surpassing work. His grace is more than enough. So let's go back to Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to bring a connection and we're going to bring it to a close. So really what the Lord prompted me this morning. Let's go to Romans 5. Let's look at verses 18 and 19. We see the comparison. 
Just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also is the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men, for all men. For just as through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. So see that far surpassing grace that comes, that is available. There's that far surpassing grace and the gift of righteousness that causes us to have a different outlook, if you will. To see things from a different perspective. Brother David said that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus when the storms of life would come. When the winds of life would come. When the difficulties of life would come and try and cause us to sink. What do we need to do, as our brother said? Keep our eyes focused on Him. He is the author and the finisher, the developer of our faith. And He is well able to bring us to where we need to be. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. So what we see here, the basis for our justification is Romans chapter 5, 12 through 21. But the benefits, many of the benefits, is something we're going to go back and look at. Look at Romans 5, 1. First of all, we see one of the benefits of righteousness of what Jesus has done is that we are have peace with God. I'm at peace with God. Not because of what I did, because of what He did. And so that changes our perspective, church. And we've got to let this drop down into our spirit. We need to suck on it longer than we would a fine piece of chocolate. Make it a part of our lives. Act on it. Grow in it. Secondly, we see there that we rejoice through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace we stand. Verse 2 and continue, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. There's a rejoicing that comes. There's a rejoicing that comes. Amen. Why? Because I rejoice in Him. I rejoice in the hope that I have in Him. I rejoice in what He's done for me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 that Abraham, in, uh, against all hope, believed in hope. Counting God as faithful to do what He said He would do. So you and I in, our, in the things that we face when we grab a hold of the promises of God and we allow hope to stir in us and we allow faith to rise up in us because of His abundant provision of grace, because of His gift of righteousness, because He's my high priest and He said, you come boldly, you come confidently to the great throne of grace and you're going to get grace, you're going to get mercy to help you in your time of need. So I'm going to rejoice because I've got hope in what He has done for me. Can I get a witness? Glory to God. And she's stirring our spirit. I rejoice in hope. Verse, verse 3, it says, well, I rejoice in sufferings. Not, but I don't rejoice because of it, but I rejoice in the midst of it because God is greater. His grace is abundant over everything I'm going to face. And He's the one who destroyed him who had the power of death. And He's the one that will liberate me and bring me through into the victory that I have waiting before me. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says now is the day of salvation. Now, today is the day of salvation. We've got to see it in that perspective. Not that I see it in my body, but I see it in the eye of faith, knowing that I, Abraham, the Bible says, considered not his own body, now dead. 
nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he knew that what God had promised he would do. In other words, he's not considering his circumstances, but he's considering God. He's looking to the author, the finisher of, her faith, and he, of his faith, and he's pressing on, knowing that what God has promised will change his body and his circumstances. Can I get a witness? That's why we can rejoice in sufferings, because it also produces hope. And verse 5 of Romans chapter 5 says, And hope does not disappoint us. Hope does not disappoint us. Get that down in you. Hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who He has given us. I've got a paraclete, I've got a comforter, I've got the uh, eternal one on the inside of me, and greater is he is on the inside of me than he that is in the world, and I'm not going under for going over because he is with me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and the life of God that is in me is going to come out of me because I'm going to drink in of him, I'm going to rejoice in his hope. And He is already by His abundant grace and the gift of righteousness. I have one who's right there with me. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm encouraging myself. Amen. I told you we've been sucking on these scriptures. The reason why is because my brother, who is now in his third week of chemotherapy at OU Medical Center, uh, uh, been a diagnosed acute myeloid leukemia. My brother gets up in the morning and I see his every day. Leukemia, I'm kicking you in the teeth. He doesn't consider his own body. He doesn't consider his circumstances. He doesn't consider where he's at. Who is he considering? Him, whose abundant grace and gift of righteousness, who rose with healing in his wings. Glory to God. And if he be for us, who can be against us? Amen. I told you I'm going to encourage you this morning. God is with us. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we call those things that be not as though they are. That's why Pastor two weeks ago or three weeks ago came back and said, don't just pray over the Scripture. The Holy Ghost told him to speak the Scripture. And that's what is important because when we, because of what Christ has done for us and we're the child of God, we can speak God's Word into our situation and see our situation change. Not because of what we've done, but because of the power of the Word that we speak and because of the power of Him who watches over His Word to cause it to come to pass in our lives when we agree with Him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see it goes on. Verse 9 says of Romans 5, Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more? Shall we be saved from wrath through Him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Because of a change, because of the gift of righteousness. 
Because of the abundant grace which we have received through Him. Because of He who as our high priest has broken the power of the enemy over our lives. And has made a way by the blood where we can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive from Him grace and mercy and help in our time of need. Church, because of the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Because of He who gave Himself up for us that we might be made whole in Him, I can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I can rejoice in whatever circumstances I'm in right now because I know it's fixing to change. And I can rejoice because I've been reconciled. I've been brought back into the right relationship and that's something worthy of rejoicing about. Are you with me? Hallelujah. 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 Turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I'm going to read this in the Weymouth translation. Thank you. The NIV says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Weymouth translation says, May God, the giver of hope, fill you with continual joy and peace because you trust in Him. Who fills us? He does. The giver of hope fills us with continual, not partial, continual joy. In His presence, the Bible says, is fullness of joy. Amen. The, the prophet said with joy, Will I draw and drink from the wells of salvation? Hallelujah. He gives us joy. May He fill us with continual joy and peace because you trust in Him so that you may have abundant hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we conclude today this message, church, God, God excuse me, God has given us abundant grace. He's given us the gift of righteousness. What do we do? We need to receive it. We need to receive His mercy. We need to receive His grace. And we need to rejoice in His hope because He's the giver of hope. He's the giver of continual joy and peace. And we're going to overflow in hope. What's an overflow? It's getting more than enough. Jesus said... Anybody who's thirsty, come to me and drink. And out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. And this is spake of the Holy Ghost. Well, what flows out of you? What you've been drinking. And there's that overflow. That overflow. He wants to satisfy you today. And He wants to you to have an overflow. And the abundance. Why? Because you're His crown of you. You're his blue ribbon prize. This afternoon, here in a little bit, we're going to go in the back, and many of you are going to say, Man, I ate too much. <laughs> Why? Because it was so good. Scripture says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. So before we go back there and we begin to partake of all the goodies we need to receive from Him. So please stand.
The old song says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but a holy lean on Jesus' name. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.